0: As we turn now in this look at the book session to chapter 2 of 1 Peter, verses 13 to 17, we're going to be entering into a very thorny and wonderful issue of how Christians, who are citizens of another world, relate as citizens to the government's of this world, indeed to all the institutions of this world. So, Father, you are calling us in these passages not to be simple Americans or English or Nigerian or Chinese or Indonesian or Saudis. You're, you're calling us to be citizens of heaven and aliens here in exiles and yet relating as useful and loving and productive participants in this world that we are not first citizens of. So God, we need wisdom. We need great discernment. So teach us from these texts how so to live. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's, that's the issue. Let me read it, and then uh, we'll see if we can pose the wider question as it fits into First Peter. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, or governors, as sent by him, to punish those who do evil, and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good you should put to silence The ignorance of foolish people. In other words, people who are saying that Christians are evil or not um, reliable and helpful and honest and productive, fruitful, worthy, respectable citizens. We are to put that to silence. Live as people who are free even though you are going to be subject. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as servants of God, not just subject to institutions that are human, but servants of God. Honor everyone. That's huge. Like, how do you honor a rapist and a murderer? We'll come back to that. Love the brotherhood fear God and then he ends where he began, honor the Emperor. So there's the text. Now to set it in its proper setting, let's let's step back and look at the two verses that came just before we've seen these already and remind ourselves of what Peter's concern is, beloved. I am urging you as sojourners and exiles. Okay, so now there's the setup. There's the setting. We Christians are sojourners on this earth, and we Christians are exiles. Right now, as I'm recording this, I know this will be dated news sooner or later, but right now, the the sojourner or exile or refugee issue in Europe is huge as the catastrophic Conflicts in Syria, for example, are driving hundreds of thousands of people out of their homeland for their lives' sake, and they have no place to go. And so they are finding their way into other lands. Now, that's the picture. We, we are citizens of, of heaven, as it says in Philippians 3, 21. Your citizenship is in heaven, from which we await a Savior. So he's addressing us as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles where you live. This is where you have to live out. Honorable your conduct honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, and that's why I said back here, and we just read, that you are to put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. This is what the ignorant foolish people are saying. They are saying Christians are evildoers, and they come up with all kinds of ways of describing our ethical commitments as evil. They may rather, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. And we just see in the next paragraph now that Christians are to do good, for this is the will of God by doing good. So there's the connection with 2.12. So the goal in 2.11 and 12 is you are aliens, you are exiles, you are sojourners here, you are refugees here, But that does not mean ignore and be um, in perpetual uh, conflict and anarchy with the present human institutions of this world. So there's the tension that this text is meant to tell us. This is Okay, we are aliens, we're exiles, we're refugees, we're sojourners. Now, what are we supposed to do? I mean, there's an American government, there are mayors, there are governors, there's the presidency, there's the Congress and legislature and the Supreme Court, and we're supposed to be subject to every human institution. And just to give you some more flavor of the big picture, I I jumped ahead. So here's 218, that's the next verse after this paragraph, three one, three seven, three eight, and here is what he does. Servants be subject to your masters. Wives, be subject to your own husbands and husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Finally all of you have unity of mind. So he's he's dealing with um, citizens, us as citizens in in two uh, 13 to 17, he's dealing with us in our um, in that in that case, he took the most difficult example of slaves and masters, but you could say in our uh, business and economic roles in uh, 2, 18 following, and then family here and marriage. And then those two together. And then here he says, finally, all of you. And he's going to give some general instructions about how all of us Christians relate everywhere. So, uh, one, two, at least three institutions, and then a general statement that he mentions when he says back here, be subject to, oops, be subject to every human institution. So, government. Um, business, family. And today we could add more. We could add education. And I think this this is the general statement here. Any place that a human creates a legitimate structure in which there are authority relationships and somebody to submit to, we are supposed to figure out how we appropriately fit in there. So this could be police in its civil expression or military in its military expression. So there are police to submit to, there are sergeants to submit to, there are bosses to submit to in business, there's husbands and parents to submit to in family, there's teachers to submit to at school and so on. Professors in university better do your assignments or they can give you an F. There's an authority structure there. So that's the big picture here of what this is about. This is about how we Christians as citizens of another country and therefore incredibly free, we're going to get to this in the next session or two, incredibly free from subjection are freely sent back into subjection to human institutions. So that's what we're going to be looking at in, in the big in the big picture. But before we stop and and go on to some more details later, let's just stay with the question, what about the government here? And then the next session or two, we'll talk about what about the Christian relationship to the government. So be subject to human institutions, now specifically to the emperor as supreme. We'll talk about that as later in another session. Or governors. And now what are those structures of society given by God to do? Answer, to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. That's as far as we're going to get, except notice this the doing of good that governments are supposed to praise are something that we Christians are to, are supposed to excel in. For this is the will of God that by doing good, you, you Christians, should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So we are the ones who are supposed to go out of our way to do an especially large amount of doing good, that by doing good. And since the Government is supposed to praise those who do good. We know then that there's enough overlap here between the Christian conception of doing good, which we're to excel in, and the government's conception of doing good that there is something recognizable for the world to see. Christians don't have a moral standard that is totally out of sync with the world. Otherwise, there wouldn't be any way for the governments to praise things that Peter regards As good, and there wouldn't be any way for the world to be silenced by our doing good because the world surely can see what the government is recognizing as good. Now, just one last comment here. Doesn't that say, drawing out the implications, doesn't that say then that even though um, the government is not a government ruled by the Manifest, saving, redeeming kingship of Jesus over His church. Nevertheless, there is an, there's a, an overlap between the the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of Christ, so that this overlapping part right here can be recognized. As good, which means, I think, that our participation in the government becomes appropriate and probably essential in appointing the government in so much as the structures allow it. The Christian Church pointing the government to what this really is and what this really is. So we come back next time to see, okay, How do we fit into this? What does this subjection really involve? What makes this subjection uniquely Christian?